What's up, football-loving maniacs? Time for another edition of Three Honest Lads. We back, baby! Adjust your volume. Turn it up, turn it down. We don't care. We back! USL Championship yeah. is back! Lose my yeah, we're, before we start! We're, we're back. Yep. Hooray. That beautiful voice, as everybody has come <laughs> to know and become accustomed to, is Michael Watts. Michael Watts! Mike Watts on air. Twitter. Follow him. Live him. Learn him. Love him. How are you, my friend? I can't wait to see you and give you a socially distanced six foot away hug. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how I feel. We have plexiglass. I mean, like people don't realize just how, how seriously we're taking this. Devin is actually going to be sitting a couple feet behind me to, to increase the the level of distance within where we call the games. And what's more, Devin's going to have a front row seat to watch me bald over the next three months. Okay. So how exciting is that? Um, (laughs) I know. Can I say we buried the lead? Can we talk about your six week old son? Uh, Kingston. Five and a half, bro. Five and a half. (laughs) By the time I see you it's six weeks. Dude, what a journey this has been. By the way, super awesome being a father. I tell people when they ask me what it's like, I said, multitasking has a whole new meaning and just kind of (laughs) silver lining through all of this. Number one, I would have been gone in the months of April and May. It was something crazy. Like I was gone out of the whatever, 61 days available or whatever the math. We all know I'm bad at math by now. I just got to quit bringing it up. Yeah. I was gone something like 90% of the time, including the day that she went into labor. By the way, she went into labor, got checked into the hospital, had that baby in four hours. So there was no way in hell I would have been in town. So silver lining through all the issues going around the United States. Being at home, I got to witness the birth of my son. I am beyond grateful for that, and he is a firecracker, let me tell you. You know, it's funny you're talking about multitasking. I think your idea of multitasking is watching game tape while simultaneously saying, hey, Casey, feed Kingston. (laughs) (laughs) Can I say I'm not ready? (laughs) You're spot on. I'm getting ready to to record, and I'm like, so you got the kid, right? She's like, yeah, like, do I, need to, do I need to keep it quiet? I was like, no, 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 they can hear him crying. I'm just, I can't do anything. You got to go do that. Yeah, well, you know, congratulations to you and Casey behind. and sorry to Kingston. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And just remember, you, you've got a, a big event on the horizon and you may not be that far behind. So, so take, take it easy over there. There's still hope for all of us that you can live the single man's life. So I'm vicariously living for you until then. Yeah, yet, yet another... Um, yeah, another podcast I can't let Olivia listen to that I'm on. <laughs> the, the whole, you know, you're not far behind thing. I can't let her hear that. Keep the tradition going. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wait, so, is USL coming back? It's coming back. Let's get to it. No one cares about us. I mean, I care about us. Well, I care about you. You care about me. I care about care you. About yeah. Aww. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Hi, neighbor. Um, okay. <laughs> we come we come back. Eight groups, A to H. So first off, Mike, if you don't mind, can you kind of give everybody and I know we're gonna address this on the, the broadcast itself, but why don't you give everybody a brief introduction? Um obviously four teams for the most part in each group. Some teams have five. Just kind of give everybody an idea of how this is all gonna break down with the eight groups and, and the remaining sixteen games. Sure. Well, all fans will have to do is listen to the first one minute of the first of our eight primetime games on ESPN2 in the next two weeks to get a pretty solid breakdown. But you're talking 
Uh, four groups in the West, four in the East. It's largely geographically uh, planned out. There are some out-of-division games that will occur that aren't nearly as geographically friendly, and there are certainly teams in areas where it's not going to be easy for them to bus around and in and, and cases fly as well to make their schedule work, but that's the reality of a league that's this large and this expansive over the course of the country. So 16 games per team. It was, I, I think, whispered about uh, whether the games at the beginning would count or not. They did. Uh, so at, at this stage, you know, some teams have played two, some have played one. Those are baked into how the rest of the schedule was done. It's 12 teams against teams within your division. And then an additional four against those from outside your division, which can create some pretty hefty scheduling imbalances. There's not a clear home and road eight and eight for every team because some teams in the end are, are incentivized based on not being able to have fans in the stadiums to maybe not host games. So teams like sporting Kansas city two are currently only scheduled to play one home game, but that means all the teams in their division now have an additional home game or two in their schedule. And, and that is the case for other teams as well. So uh, it, I, I think that more or less covers it. The top two teams in each group go to the playoffs, which means eight per conference. And then we're going to pair this thing down and play a USL championship final. Couldn't have said it better. Man, the, the stuff that I was about to curse, but I didn't know if Alex, our lovely producer, was going to bleep that out. So I caught myself. I'm going to try and stay away from the cursing. No, do it. Dependent, did an amazing job. And if he doesn't believe it out, who gives a fuck? Um, group A will play B, C versus D, E versus F, G versus H. Winners play the second places. With all that being said, let's run through the groups. And guess what? Some people, you're not going to get as much airtime because, well, the league did you a favor. We'll start off in Group A. Reno, Sacramento, Tacoma, Portland Timbers 2. This is a hard pass for me. Hard pass for Mike Watts. Reno, Sacramento all day. Group B, my boy Mike Watts has some things to say about Group B. And to give you a heads up, before we get there, San Diego, Phoenix, Vegas, Los Dos, for those of you people who have lived under a rock for the past few years, that's Los Angeles Galaxy 2, to be clear, and Orange County SC. Mike, what say you about Group B? You shared a little bit of passion behind the scenes when we were chatting about it. Yeah, it, it's more that having talked with some coaches that are in that division, you get the feeling that they're looking around saying, how did we get stuck in a division where Phoenix and Orange County have been finalists in the West the last couple of years? Phoenix comes off the greatest regular season of all time. There's no question Galaxy 2 has talent. Vegas, coaching change, total dumpster fire in, in that sense. But they still have talent, and I think Eric actually did a quite good job of building culture. I, I'm surprised at how that went there. In the end, they moved a, a guy who's, who's been around this league for a while, so Frank Yalp gets the reins there. And then San Diego has a lot of really good – I mean, that's a really talented roster. You know, I don't know if, if Landon and his staff can get them in the playoffs year one, especially when Phoenix and Orange County are in your, in your group. But it, it means that I think there are – three to three and a half teams in that group that I think deserve to be in the playoffs in a 10 team, 10 team field. And only two are going to make it because of this situation. So I, I understand the geographic of it. it. It makes a ton of sense, but man, that's a tough go for teams like San Diego where, you know, being like Birmingham last year and getting into that preliminary round, I don't think was outside of their range 
but going over Orange County or Phoenix, that's a little more difficult in my mind. Yeah, I hear where you're coming on Group B, and I think it's easy to look and go, oh, Phoenix and Orange County, let's go ahead and push them through. But given all the circumstances at play, it is going to be a difficult one. For me, it's still not the most difficult group. But when I went through and broke down everybody's schedule and looked at the notes, for me, those five teams in that group of B, I kind of just made little jots for each one and basically it came down to this. Phoenix and Orange County were, were a 50-50 on their schedule, meaning a degree of difficulty. I gave it right around like a, a seven of sorts. Uh, an eight, if you will, not super hard, but hard enough that they're going to be tested, but games that they should be expected to win. Whereas Los Dos, Vegas, and San Diego, I just wrote down hard for all of them because of where the fixtures are, the time frames, the games back to back. I still think it's a very difficult group for sure. Would not be surprised though if it's just Phoenix and Orange County. However, I share the passion for Group C that you shared for Group B. So I'm going to start it off with Group C. Colorado Springs, Mark Lowry's boys, El Paso Locomotive, New Mexico United, and Real Monarchs. For me, I call this my group of death. But what's interesting about it is that I actually think the Monarchs got a very favorable schedule when it came to these four teams. Now, your groupmates are difficult to play. Alan Koch, of course, goes out to Colorado Springs. They've got more money behind them. There's a stadium on the way. New Mexico United, the darlings of 2019. What does that be in 20? And, of course, Mark Lowry's team, who made it to the Western Conference Final, falling just short to the Real Monarchs. But just hear me out for the Monarchs' schedule. You start with San Diego. You get Colorado Springs at home. They should win that game. You go on the road to New Mexico. What's going to happen there? You go on the road to Colorado Springs, then home locomotive, home New Mexico. Then it starts to bounce again, and they get teams like Tacoma at home, T2 at home. I think they have a much more favorable schedule in that group. I'm not saying it's an easy schedule. I'm just saying that when you look at the entire group, I look at it, and sorry, Alex, I go, oh, shit, because I I have no clue who's going to come out of this group because I still don't know what some of these teams are going to be because of the sample size being so small for Colorado Springs, but they still have the altitude and the travel, and there's the pedigree behind all of these teams within Group C. For me, this is the most difficult group out of all the eight. Yeah, I can understand that. I think what Rail Monarchs gain in scheduling, they're going to lose with the the concept of the bubble in in Orlando. And I think every team is going to deal with that. If you have a player of uh, David Ochoa's level where potential future gatekeeper to the national team goalkeeping position uh, just came off the final, still young. I mean, this is a great opportunity for him, whether he plays there or not to go be around the first team and, and experience all that at the MLS level rather than being with the first team of Real Monarchs. So I, 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 I can't say with complete assuredness who's, who's going to be there or not for any of the MLS affiliated sites, even teams that are loan heavy. We don't know who's going to be there. We don't know if teams want to take that additional level of risk. We don't know. So, you know, whatever they gained in schedule, I think, you know, it's going to be rockier for those teams this year, but it is an extraordinarily difficult group. The reigning champion realistically has, you know, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they finished in the playoff position. It also wouldn't surprise me if they finished fourth. Lest we forget they already fell flat on their faces coming out of the gates with all due respect. And you and I had the opportunity to pick the brain of Hamas and Olave. And there are some things going on behind the scenes, not just personnel-wise, but tactically. We'll break that down in another one. Group D, Mike and I both agree that this group is wide open. You've got the rebranding of FC Tulsa. You've got coaching changes. You've got players in and out all over the place. Of course, RGV, one of the most difficult places to play. 
Mike, I'm going to leave Group D just like this. Pick two teams that are your winners right now, and then we'll move on, and I'll give you mine. Um, San Antonio and OKC. I'll go OKC, Austin. Let's move on to Group E. Um, yeah, I you know, can really I just say, yeah, yeah. You, you and I were asked by the league to try and pick these groups, and I've floated around on a lot of these over the last few weeks. So what I say here might not match what I told Nick Murray and the guys at the league. So, you know, I, I, maybe I'm just cashing, you know, like, you know, playing two hands at the poker table, but you know, like I, 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 like I have chips in both. Now. No, I've yeah. already caught you by now. Our, our eating, it's, it's like our eating habits when we're out on the road together. Variety is the spice of life. You got to mix it up, right? Um, using your whole per diem is the spice of life. <laughs> yeah, using more than your per diem at one restaurant before you even call the game is the spice of life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But oh, I got to okay. tell you, I mean, that was the best shrimp cocktail I've ever had. Uh, I can't wait to get back. I can't wait to get back. Yeah, I know. Finger, fingers crossed. Um, Group E, start us off here. St. Louis, Indy, Louisville, Sporting Kansas City, too. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm 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 disappointed with Sporting Kansas City too in that the number of road games they're going to play, and it, you never know. Maybe things change down the road. I don't I I don't have inside knowledge of of how that occurred, um, but it, it it does sort of throw the competitive balance of it a little bit out of whack, and I think it's unavoidable given again the pandemic. You know, they're playing at the MLS venue in in KC. So you got to figure out a way to, to appease everybody. And that's what they've chosen to do. And okay. As for the other three, I, it, it's tough to know what St. Louis was, but they played really well against Miami week one. And they brought in Steve Trichu, who I value a lot, always gets the most out of limited rosters. And he has a much less limited roster in St. Louis this year. And Indian Louisville came into this year thinking it's championship or bust. So while I have to think Indian Louisville are the teams to get out, I also would, would be hard pressed to say St. Louis isn't going to make this at minimum difficult. Yeah, I think St. Louis could, could definitely play spoiler alert. The one thing you talked about scheduling, you alluded to it at the beginning of it. Indy gets 10 home games, including five in a row. Louisville gets 11 out of their 15, including eight in a row to start eight. the resumption of play. Eight. In, it's insane. And we were actually talking to John Hackworth and they added one yesterday. So um, they, they, I will say that Deb, they don't get on a bus till August 28th. I know. Just their first them up two for months are at home. It's insane. My, my one thing for St. Louis is I feel like they kind of have an easy start. They start four of six, um, including four in a row versus Memphis. Sporting Kansas City, too, um, just to include a few. And then it's touch and go with, with a pretty difficult close. Sporting Kansas City, too, you talked about it. They're only playing one home game. That's very difficult. Oh, by the way, listen to their start at Indy, at Louisville, at Louisville, at Indy, at St. Louis, at Louisville, at cool. St. Louis. I mean, this is a team that could legitimately lose every game. But with the youngsters and talent that they have, they could also mix it up a little bit, end up as a 500 team. You know, they could really kind of spin things around. I still think Louisville and Indy should get through. It all depends on what Steve Trichu and the boys in St. Louis are able to do. Um, this is probably the most in-depth that you and I are going to go in a group just because of the time frame that we're working on and the amount of games that you and I have on our schedule right now. That's all a good thing. I actually felt like Ooh. Group F, you, you didn't have necessarily stay with me. I know you're sleeping. Have a cup of coffee. You didn't necessarily have a lot to say about Group F. Bob Lilly talked to us about how he felt like things were a bit more difficult for them. Loudon, Philadelphia Union 2, Hartford Athletic, Pittsburgh Rounds, New York Red Bull 2. 
Uh, I'm not that far behind Mike on this. Loudon, it's a difficult start. They start four away. They've got a hard close. I actually think the Union, too, have seven winnable games. They're still a 50-50. What is Hartford? We don't know. And yes, there is a rough start for Pittsburgh going to Louisville um, at what Bob Lilly likes to call an interstate rivalry. With all due respect to the former Bethlehem Steel Boys, I don't see it. Home Indy at Red Bull 2. But then in their final seven games, they only play one playoff team, and it's Red Bull 2. So easy. Red Bull 2, they only play one playoff team. Yes, I get it. They play Pittsburgh multiple times. But that is the only playoff team they play in their entire schedule. Moving on. Group G. Uh, you and I have think the final two groups could turn out to be quite interesting. Um, I think Group G could give you some mixes, but you and I probably both agree that it should probably be North Carolina and Birmingham that move on. Theoretically, and and the thing is, Tim Howard didn't look good game one. It doesn't mean he's not going to look good the rest of the season. I mean, yeah. class never evaporates. I mean, yeah, he's he's not going to be what he was at Everton. But who's to say he can't be good? Who's to say the attack isn't better as it was, I think, slated to be coming into this year than it was last year? I think Birmingham and North Carolina are probably favorites here. Um, it's hard for me to square exactly where Charlotte is as a franchise right now, to be entirely honest. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think any any mix of, of results wouldn't, wouldn't blow me away. But I, I think it's... Probably better than fifty percent chance it's North Carolina, Birmingham, and some combination in the top top two. Agreed. You and I had the opportunity. We saw North Carolina, Louisville, Week One. Uh, impressed by that game by both groups. Still think there's a lot of maturity to go on between the two of them. But those guys only got stronger. Um, and mentioning North Carolina FC, Birmingham gives me a little bit of frustration. I actually was pretty high on them preseason. I'm still high on them. A little concerned that JJ Williams obviously takes off to Atlanta United, and now Chandler Hoffman, by the way, going on loan to Orange County SC. But still, uh, those two teams should move on. Which brings us to our final group, and one of the most interesting groups outside of Group E and the group of deaths for me, the Battery, Rowdies, Atlanta United 2, and Miami FC. I, I, I'm not sure what to make of it, Mike. I, I made notes on every single one. You look at the Battery, they have four of six games versus Atlanta United 2, and three times they play Charlotte to start, which looks really nice, but their finish is difficult. Tampa Bay kind of have to maneuver a tricky schedule the entire way the Rowdies do. Atlanta United 2, again, much like Sporting Kansas City 2, they can go toe-to-toe with the best of them. But when I look at their schedule, I really only see two guaranteed wins that should happen. But you never know with those young kids. And then Miami FC, you called it. They looked atrocious. With all due respect to St. Louis and their performance, Miami FC looked horrendous. You got to show us what you're made of. Get rid of that opening day debacle that was 4-1. But still, a massive amount of talent. Difficult schedule. But you look at them, they should come out of the group. We don't know if they're going to. I'm not really sure what to make of it. Yeah. Uh, let me say, and I'm going to sound like a schmuck, but... Miami's whole thing is ball possession. Yeah, <laughs> their their whole ball possession style that, that the coaching staff preaches. You're playing on turf. You have never played together as a group because the vast majority of the guys who came in were not there a year ago. Yep. Um. There there are a lot of reasons to think you know that could have been an aberration, and maybe it's not. Maybe that's what they are, but. If you look at the players they have, it doesn't really align with the idea that they're going to go get thrashed week in and week out. This group, to me, is the greatest reminder that if you are a playoff team, you have to win in your division. I, I think, it, you know, we talk about, oh, Charleston has to play the Rowdies three times in the last 10. 
okay, those are six-point games. If you deserve yeah. to go to the playoffs, then win two of them or draw a pair and win one. But it never has these we, – we talk about regional geographic rivalries because that, that's truly what sports is about. I'm from Cleveland. We, we don't like Pittsburgh, okay? <laughs> like, you, 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 it's one thing not to like another team and, and you know, in a 34-game season, you play three times and whatever happens, happens. Maybe you'll see them in the playoffs and that's a knockout. We could be sitting here with six games to go talking about a six-point game that's going to decide legitimately whether Charleston and Tampa have a chance, any chance at all, to go to the playoffs and win a championship. There's a realistic chance of that. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, there is, there's far less space here to make mistakes. So group H is the one where I'm, I'm willing to bet money that the two teams with the best division records are the ones they're going to go through. And I don't think that'll be the case in every division. So I, I, I think Miami's better than they showed against St. Louis, because I think you and I could put together a team that played better against St. Louis than they did. <laughs> But, but, um, you know, that's week one and there's so many oddball things to add to that. St. Louis did play a good game. I, I think ultimately the the battery never missed the playoffs and it's hard for me to believe it's going to start now. So Charleston and Tampa Bay, um, and I think Atlanta very quietly in, I don't know, the next three years, watch the heck out watch out. They have owned the, the academies in Georgia have always put great players into D one programs on the men's and the women's side. They, they went in there and gobbled everything up. I am totally on the ATL UTD two train going forward, but maybe not yet this year. Their academies beast mode. I am kind of curious to see what happens with the addition of the Charlotte MLS team, because rumor is behind the scenes, they are, mirroring the Atlanta United Academy model, getting that youth system going, trying to pick up all the players in the surrounding area. No, they're not exactly adjacent to each other, but Charlotte is a hotbed of soccer and Atlanta has dipped their toe in there a couple of times. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out, but I'm with you on that. Mike, I'm going to run through all the games up until, hear me out fans, up until the Sacramento Tacoma game. I don't want to go over team, or excuse me, the Birmingham Memphis game. I'm not going to give teams the opportunity to talk about, um, a second time, I'm referencing El Paso and New Mexico are playing on the same day. Mike, I'm just going to run through the matchup. You give me an idea of who's going to win the game real quick. Monarch San Diego. Wait, we're, we're going to run this whole thing? Oh, crap. We're going quick. Monarch, um, San, Diego. Monarch San Diego draw. Oh, I'm going Monarchs. Indy St. Louis. Indy. Indy as well. Tampa Atlanta United. By the way, I'm naming the home team first. Yeah, Rowdies. Rowdies. Colorado Springs, New Mexico United. Colorado Springs on this one and then let Alan get back to the winning way to keep that train going. El Paso locomotive RGV. El Paso. I'm going to take a draw. Phoenix Rising, Los Dos. PHX Rising. Same. Louisville, Pittsburgh. Don't say fucking draw. Nil, <laughs> 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 nil, baby. Uh, <laughs> God, God save us all. If, if we, you know, I think people at home maybe don't realize when Devin and I got the ESPN schedule, I don't know, we, we first got a peek at it a couple of weeks ago. We got a decent idea what this would look like. Yeah. Um, 
we were supposed to open Lynn Family Stadium in Louisville in April, and we were so excited to get this game. And we see it's against Pittsburgh, and we're going, there's no way in hell that we're going to get a 0-0 draw to open this stadium on in prime time on national TV. So I'm going Louisville. Good man. I'll take a draw. <laughs> okay, see, Tulsa. Just no! kidding. I'm, going I'm just kidding. I'm going Tulsa. I'm going Louisville as well. I don't, I don't see them losing with everything that's going on. Um, spoiler alert, because this is going to come out before the game. There are some things going on with the Riverhounds that you'll find out about on the broadcast. I just think it's going to be too much to overcome. I'll take Louisville as well. OKC Tulsa. <laughs> OKC. OKC scored in every single Derby match that they've played in in the black gold. I take OKC as well. Pascarella, I like him. I could learn to love him. Two more games. Sacramento, Tacoma. Sack. I'm taking sack as well. Mark Briggs, good to see you again, buddy. Last one, Mike. The Fighting Hammers of Birmingham Legion and 901 FC and the fun little offseason rivalry that did take place. Yeah, I'm going Birmingham. Yeah, that, that's an did easy I one pronounce that right? Yeah, Birmingham. Just roll right there. Birmingham? Kind of like Louisville, Birmingham. Kind of. I don't know if those two cities would really appreciate you comparing the, the tomato, you know, tomato syllabic approach. You got a problem with my syllables? Yeah, it's the wrong emphasis. You can write the script next time. Mike, we're getting out of here. It was a quick one. Love football loving maniacs. We're grateful that we're back. We're grateful that you took a listen. We will have more for you next week. Oh, by the way, tease it in the, uh, the tweets. Got a nice interview coming up. We're actually going to be speaking to him. So there's another hint, three hints for you. We're not giving you any more. Uh, I said Ethan him, that was a hint. player. It is a him. That is a hint. Mike, you have lost your speaking privileges. I'm just kidding. We'll be talking to him tonight. We'll release after the weekend's games. Football loving maniacs. I'm saying goodbye and we love you. Mike, what you got? Can I give one more hint? Do it. We named him during the podcast. Oh, oh shoot. Away. We'll see you guys soon. We, uh, Football Loving Maniacs. We love you. Peace. Oh.